You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers Therapy. Blessedly, only three games this season, and probably Packers uh, get blanked in Buffalo. Hey, that might be the title for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Bl- blanked in Buffalo, nineteen uh, nothing. But really, I thought the Packers played a heck of a lot better than the score uh, would indicate. I mean, they were in the red zone or inside the twenty-five like four different times. They they moved the ball, but. What was to, to me, Dave, what, what really kind of stood out is that they had that kind of success working against what I think generally were Buffalo's first team defenders. And I mean, Josh Allen in, in, in the offense, uh, you know, played the whole first half. And so playing as well as they did against that group, it was, I thought it was actually kind of encouraging. I thought so, too. I thought the first half of the game was kind of entertaining. We saw Jordan Love move the team down the field. They couldn't score, but I thought, you know, we saw some good things, some pretty good plays. And I thought the defense, you know, allowed them to score, but it wasn't just a, a boat race. You know, it wasn't like they, they couldn't handle it at all. I mean, and it was our second and third stringers out there, right? I mean, they, this was the bottom of our barrel against Buffalo's top. So I, I felt as I was watching the first half of the game, like this is literally nothing to lose either. We're going to look decent. Um, maybe we actually, you know, pull ahead, which would be, you know, very discouraging for Buffalo or we're going to get beat pretty soundly. And that's okay because it's their starters. But I actually thought, you know, there was kind of a decent accounting of themselves for the offense and defense. It's just, you know, there are a lot of short throws in front of cornerbacks that probably won't make this team who then played very light in their tackling. I mean, mm-hmm. sort of a, an ushering out of bounds, uh, <laughs> a lot of college where you don't touch the guy on the ground. Um, yeah. I thought, what is going on with that? So I, I didn't enjoy that part of it. But then after halftime, I got very uh, bored and started to fast forward between. Staff. So did I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you know, who I thought had a, had a good game was was James Lofton. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Thought, yeah. I thought his his uh, insight and commentary and what made me think of it was was when you said, you know, guys on the ground and, and not touching them. There was there was one point um, where there was a reception. I thought it was by Beasley. Um, where he made kind of a juggling catch going to the ground and the Packer defender, you know, didn't smash him, you know, didn't, right. you know, and, and Lofton said, Hey, when a guy's juggling the ball, you got to hit him because you might be able to jar it loose. Yeah. I thought, you know, that's a really good insight. I mean, when I've seen that in the past, I've always thought, ah, oh, guy's just piling on. Well, actually, no, but there's a reason to do that because if you don't maintain control all the way to the ground, you know, it's not complete. So, um, yeah, he had a number of those things. I, I thought old number 80 did a, did a nice job uh, in the broadcast booth, and it just highlights what you were saying, that, you know, there were things that young players 
do or don't do uh, that we saw for the, from the Packers. A lot of good stuff, but you know, then things like you know Jordan Love throwing into coverage, and he's watching too many Brett Favre highlight reels. I think you know <laughs> yeah. where where I can make this play, damn it. And some of them you go, I mean, it was like Favre that play along the the, the right sideline where he hits uh, Malik Taylor. And between two defenders on the sideline, great catch. But to throw that ball in there, I mean, wow. So this, I'm just wondering if those 17 interceptions that he had in his junior year playing, uh, playing out West, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if that's kind of who he is that, you know, I'm going to try to fit it into these spots because I've got confidence. So it was interesting to, to see there was some great plays and then some plays that go, dude, you just, you just can't do that at this level. Right. Right. I actually thought the play where it was a fourth down play and he didn't, he had sort of a, a short, medium and long uh, yeah, crossing yeah, patterns and he, yeah. and he hit Daphne sort of in that the intermediate. Great. I yeah. thought that was there that just kind of taking the safe. It was, it looked like he would have got a first down with the short, but he went in. He, Daphne was wide open in the intermediate <laughs> route. And I thought that was showed a lot of poise on, on that. So I, I thought that was a very good play. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Brett Favre would have been looking for Donald driver in the third yeah. level. Yeah, <laughs> <You> <laughs> That's true. So he, he's learning some, yeah. but uh, yeah. you no, know, I got to wonder with Jordan love and how, what he's approaching this game. I mean, this is the, what the, hopefully for us, the last game he plays in That's a year. Right. Yeah. Right. So he hasn't scored. Um, you know, it's it's coming toward the end of the half. Um, it's a busted up play, oh, and he just yeah. he just launches it. And I suppose you know, if it wasn't for Micah Hyde coming in, it was the safety that intercepted it. That if it was a one on one situation, it might have been you know a jump ball that that. Yeah. I don't know who was the receiver it, there. It, if it, it was, was Taylor. It was Malik Taylor. It was Malik Taylor. Yeah. So maybe it would have, but you know, he had. Uh, Hyde come over and, and catch that ball. So, but yeah, it was a bad throw. It was on first down. Like you had, you, you didn't need to do that. Um, and I thought on the one hand, it's because look, the guy's like, he wants to make a play, wants to score before he sits on the bench for the next uh, 12 months. But then I thought too, <laughs> wasn't this the knock on him as well yeah. is that he yeah. makes, uh, he tries to get too much and, and uh, yeah, has all the interceptions that, um, that, that that's concerning, but I, you know, most of the game, when I saw him play, I thought he looks like an NFL quarterback. I don't, yeah, I certainly exactly. don't want him to start against new Orleans, but if we had to, unless I lived a year with him, could we go, you know, 500 roughly? Um, I guess can't do that when there are 17 games, but, um, I guess if you have a tie, Oh, but yes, okay. if, uh, you know, I, maybe, maybe, I mean, I, there's some upside there and I think that's what everyone's writing is that you can see the upside, but he's not ready. I think, is that probably the fair yeah, assessment? You know, I think it is. And I'm actually, you know, a little more encouraged about him. And even on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, they're playing against the, the number ones and Josh Allen's a terrific quarterback. Right. And I, I thought that, you know, the defense did kind of what it was supposed to do. They, they, they gave him some of the underneath stuff. They were able to get some pressure from guys who, you know, half of them I've either heard about or read about. And some of them are like, do, do they have that guy? I mean, you know, so I, I thought all the way around both sides of the ball uh, against what is a good team, you know, they, they showed up, they showed up pretty well. Now there's a guy in the, in the secondary, his last name was Ferris. 
I think that's when James Lofton said, you know, who is this guy? They're asking who each other's names are. Yeah. And this guy, number 30 or 40, I forget which one, is Ferris. He goes, and he spells his name R-O-J-E-S-T-E-R-M-E-M. And I'm thinking, what? What are you saying, James Lofton? Like, that made, you're making no sense. <laughs> well, you know, he's taking that a lot is of his name, Rajasterman yeah. Ferris. Yeah. I, I yeah. was spelling his first name, which I was uh, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and, but that's an example of one of the guys that, you know, I don't have, I haven't read a lot about this guy. I thought, I, I maybe have seen him on the roster, but I never, you know, I could not identify some of these, some, some of these uh, players. So it's like, well, they, they got to cut 27 guys on Tuesday. And I'm guessing that yeah, Mr. Ferris is, <laughs> is, is probably going to be one of those guys, you know, looking for a job. But you know, he's got some film now, and maybe he'll catch on with somebody's practice squad or something like that. But overall, though, I, th- I thought there was reason to be encouraged if you, if you have to see some of these players during the regular season. Um, how, how many times in the past, Dave, have have you seen guys play in the preseason and they're like, mm. and then in the regular season, they wind up having to play and you're like, you know, all of your Come vital on, yeah, you know, all of your vital or- organs are, are seizing up because this guy wasn't very good against, you know, the second team players. So now um, I'm getting a sense that, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing some of these players out there. You know, I mean, um, McDuffie's a really good example of the crime dog that he is. Uh, you know, he looks like a guy that, you know, if he's got to be out there for real at some point, um, I'm, I'm not going to go, oh, God, no. I'm going to say, hey, I'm kind of curious to see what this guy can do when he's got better players around him. So I'm, you know, I'm oddly encouraged by this whole thing. Well, what I, I don't know whether to be encouraged or discouraged. I guess it discourages me a little bit until someone pointed out uh, a point on Twitter. And I'll start with my, my thought process is that um, there was a tackle by one of the Buffalo Bill defenders. And they're like, uh, you know, tackle by, I'll just pick one on the tackle. Andre Smith. Andre Smith was a guy that they traded Carolina Panthers were uh, with, uh, with the Carolina Panthers. He's been in the league for, you know, five, six years. And, you know, he's uh, trying to find a spot after, you know, a, a kind of a mid-sized career in the NFL so far. Like the Packers don't have any older guys trying to still get on the roster, right? Like I'm looking up and down this defensive tackle chart, McDuffie, Black, Gaines, Sean Charles, uh, Ento, Ferris, Slayton. I mean, these are, you have your starters and you've got rookie undrafted free agents or first or second year players. I mean, the Packers don't go out and build up the, the roster with older guys. And maybe you say, look, that's, that's good. That's uh, you know, look how they've been able to create, you know, they've got a lot of pro bowl type players. And, and what you do is you get a bunch of young guys and, and see who rises to the top. You don't need a, someone that's on the decline of their, of their career. But what happens is I think you have preseason games that look disheveled, right? It's, you don't have these veterans that are in there. Um, These are just a lot of young guys, you know, trying to, to make this team. I mean, can you think of a single, you know, down on his luck or, you know, at the end of his career and desperation sort of seeming, you know, pouring out of his helmet um, on, on the Packer on either side of the ball? The the only guy I think who kind of fit that mold is the um, the right tackle they picked up. I don't think we've seen a lot of him in the preseason, but you know he was kind of you know this year's version of that 
stopgap. Uh, you know, uh, last year they had a Rick. Uh, from Wisconsin, uh, Rick Wagner yeah. and uh, Richard Wagner, I believe. Wagner, yes, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. So now this is yeah. the guy that looks like Bakhtiari, right? Yeah, uh, I, you know Kelly, uh, I think is. Yeah, that's name. it. I, yeah. yeah, and and so I mean, you know, they've got. I mean, that's the only guy that I can think of that is a veteran player um, who you know they're bringing in to be a stopgap in case they need it. I'm defense. I can't think of. Anybody. Last year, they had an inside linebacker, too, who was kind of in that mold, a five-year player, you know, from Cleveland, I think. And, you know, they they, they kind of have him there, um, but he's he's not a long-term answer. He's kind of a stopgap experienced guy. Right. But you can, you can count him on the fingers of one hand, generally. Uh, Packer guys, you know, either it'd be their, their core players who tend to be younger um, or, you know, they're guys that are, you know, hungry and on the way up. And I... I don't know how much of that is is philosophical, and how much of it is practical based on the fact that those guys are cheap, and you've got a lot of big uh, contracts with Bakhtiari and Rogers, uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, because of that, maybe you have to go cheap, and maybe if they had a different composition at the top end of the salary, you know, you might fill in with more experienced guys that you got to pay a, a couple million bucks to in order to be a to, to be that stopgap that you're looking for younger players now. Right. I think uh, maybe CD said that in a tweet is that when you have you went out and signed all your top guys, you've got these you know top heavy contracts, you can't afford to have any in, in the middle. You just yeah. you either have your stars and you've got your, your rookies and the, you, know, you have a complete barbell approach. And, you know, as long as you have injuries, that might be a great approach, but you're right. We're maybe an injury or two away from Ento being on the field or Gaines being yeah. on the field. And uh, yeah, maybe if he's across Alexander, um, you can maybe help out with double coverage or something, but you know, that's, you know, there's a lot of intriguing guys on defense, um, but you know that none seem NFL ready at this point. A lot of practice squad. Uh, you know, I think Love probably falls in that as well. I think though the the ones that look like they're NFL ready is Kylan Hill. I was yeah, pretty impressed man. with that guy, and wow. he seems like he's going to be the third. I, you know, I I hope it's not. Uh, you know, I want Dylan to get the ball a, a lot. I, I really do. I think this guy falls forward. Yeah. He is a good player and he will beat up teams to the degree that Aaron Rodgers will be able to, you know, fake a handoff and then have all kinds of options in the world. I just think Dylan's got to be an integral part, but I love Aaron Jones and this Kylan Hill looks great too. How are you going to spread this thing around? Well, you know, I, I th- it's again, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good problem to have, and it's going to mean that guys like Patrick Taylor and Dexter Williams, you know, not going to make the team. And yeah. I thought both of those guys looked good generally um, in the uh, preseason. They're they're credible players. I would imagine at least one of them is going to wind up on the on the practice squad. So they've got some really good depth, you know, at uh, at running back. And so if something would happen, if they can't afford to lose. Aaron Jones, but you know, if they did, you know, between uh, you know Hill and Dylan, I think you're pretty covered. And then if you bring in one of those guys from the practice squad, you still have a a good enough running game that it's going to complement the passing game. It, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to have time to do this today, but I look forward to you know the 17 games of the regular season. Maybe it's because I haven't seen the starters play, but I'm probably more optimistic coming into this season than I have been um, in a long time because they seem to have 
enough depth that they can compensate for the inevitable losses that are going to happen. So I, I, it's weird. I, I'm seeing enough of these guys do enough things that make me think, oh, you know, if they have to, they might be able to play with, you know, a Malik Taylor or a Reggie, you know, Begleton. You know, I, I don't know if, and one of, one, one of those two guys is not going to make the team. But yeah. if I saw him out on the field during the regular season, I would not cringe. Yeah, I think that's that's right. I was thinking of the skill positions between running back, tight end, and wide receiver. Um, now, wide receiver, I still have some doubts about Lazard, MVS. You know, I as your, I don't know what you you put them as your two or three or a three and four. I guess I don't know where you put Cobb. I mean, Cobb kind of helps. Yeah, I think nice. solidify at least a veteran person who I feel comfortable catching a third down ball. Um, but I, if I think about those three positions, I feel it's pretty deep. Like even the tight end, usually we've had years where the tight end felt like it was Mercedes Lewis and I don't yeah. know, somebody else, but now, you know, Tunyon certainly has stepped up. Uh, Lewis is still there. Daguerre is yeah. played and, you know, they keep talking about that. He's an interesting kind of a, a hybrid player. He can block, he can catch, he's mm-hmm. athletic. Um, and then even this uh, Daphne. Daphne, yeah. yeah he so, played well from last year, I thought. Right. I did too. I did yeah. too. So yeah, I wonder that, if he makes the team, though, oh, with yeah. Guerra, um, Oh, yeah. I, I think they'll keep four tight ends. And I think the odd man out is Jay Sternberger. Yeah. And when, when, I, when I read that stuff from his position coach being critical of his off the field actions and preparation. I figured this was a dead man walking and I, I just, I don't see him making it in green Bay. I think he'll make it someplace. Uh, but that's what we don't see as fans. We don't know what they do in, um, you know, the, the meeting rooms and film study and lifting weights. And I guess also too, he's suspended for a couple of games. And I think that was, was that for pot? I believe it, it was a, what mm. is it called? A drug of abuse or something? I, I, th- I, I think that's what it, it's two games that he's going to miss. And, you know, if, if that's going to dog him, you know, that he's not careful off the field, you know, then he's probably he's going to be the odd man out and they'll wind up going with with Lewis and with Daguerre, who I think is even though he's coming off a serious injury, I think he's a he's definitely uh, got a lot of intriguing aspects. And Daphne, I mean, they. You know, they've got some good tight ends. I, it's one of those deals where if I see any of those guys on the field, I'm not saying, well, there, well there's a cipher. You know? Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I think even even quarterback, this is one of the few years we've actually had someone behind Aaron Rodgers that I felt could could beat an average team. You know, maybe not go out and beat Buffalo starters against starters. You know, I don't know if, if Love or Bankert is ready but to do that. But, you know, can we beat win a game? I guess we, we did win a game with uh, with um, against Chicago or Detroit, but you know we need to be able to be competitive. Say Minnesota, uh, you know, can could Jordan Love go out and win a, a game against Minnesota while Rodgers is dealing with an injury? Um, the year, previous years never like it's like we just can't make that happen. Um, this year maybe you know it's 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 possible much better than it has been. So certainly offensively, it feels like they've had. Um, some depth, I think partially is this draft in particular, we didn't go through it last week, but it feels like they've hit on a number of players on this draft that seem like they're going to stick with the team and, and could possibly now we could go through it now, Dave. 
Uh, if, if, we, if we do, you want me to pause the podcast because I don't have it up. Do you have? Well, uh, I ha- I happen to have it right in front of me. Oh well, I'll, I'll, I'll rely on you as I <laughs> most mostly do. Well, so, well, you know, Eric Stokes, you know, was mm-hmm. the was the top pick. Um, you know, they're talking about him, you know, being a starter because you know Kevin King, as usual, you know, can't can't get on the field because he's hurt. Um, but uh, Stokes ha- has shown surprising moments of not just being a speed guy, you know, but being able to break up a couple of passes. He, he's been beaten a couple of times, but Hey, he's a cornerback. They all yeah. get beaten at some point. Right. You know, Stokes looks surprisingly good. And he's one of those dudes whose, you know, uh, uh, work habits are being praised because, you know, he wants to know what he's got to do to get better. And he wants Devontae Adams to beat him like a drum. So he, you know, becomes a better player. I'm, I'm very encouraged about the possibilities of Eric Stokes. Me too. I think it's, it's an area of need and uh, you know, I, I like it that he's fast. Uh, seems kind of like uh, Alexander when Alexander mm-hmm. first came yeah. on. So I think in, if I had to say positive, neutral or negative, I, I definitely put him as positive. I thought um, even though I would have loved to have gotten a receiver, I'm looking at the receiver group now and I'm not overly concerned, but I, you know, I think Stokes, I'm, I'm happy they have Stokes. I'm really interested to see how he plays. Are you stoked about Stokes? That uh, I, I can't think of anything, Woody. Yes, I'll just acknowledge uh, your <laughs> okay. pun. I am stoked about Stokes. <laughs> uh, Josh Myers is second round pick. It looks like he's going to be the starting center. Um, now I understand that he got scolded this week uh, by uh, QB one, uh, apparently because. Uh, there was a clock was winding down. He didn't get the snap off in time. And, you know, and that of course happened in this game too, with, with a, with a backup to the backup. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he'd, he'd still be holding that ball. If, yeah. uh, <laughs> if someone had touched, what was he thinking? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, he had no internal was, clock whatsoever. I was looking at that and, um, I think, you know, what veterans do is they're able to keep track of, the line assignments, the clock, and what the quarterback wants to do. I mean, they're able to process all of that. And it may be an experience thing, uh, but I, and then you got to worry about getting the damn ball back to the, to the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so if there, there's a lot going on for the center. It's usually why he's the smartest uh, guy in the field, typically. So um, I think that uh, Myers got caught in that in practice. But, but that wasn't what happened in this game. The Jake well, Hansen right, yeah, right. was it, it is what we're talking with, about, right? It happened with Jake Hansen, but it also happened in practice for, for Myers. And I think that, um, you know, this is we have to remember that these guys are really young, and they don't, and they're, it's not going to be Corey Lindsley out there. Right. And Corey Lindsley wasn't Corey Lindsley at you know, the beginning of it either, you know, and how well, he was, but yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, you know, Mike Flanagan and these different guys they've had that have been really good players, good centers, you know, bag of donuts and those guys. I mean, it's, I think it's like anything else. You kind of, kind of grow into that because you have so much responsibility. You're not just blocking, you know, you're, you are making the line calls. You have to be a paying attention to what the, you know, the, uh, protection adjustments, the quarterback's making, you gotta be paying attention to that shot clock too. And then you gotta make sure from the shotgun that you're snapping the ball, not at the quarterback's feet or over his head, but someplace where he, he can make a, where he can make a play. I think Josh Myers is going to be okay, but I think we really have to understand that 
just because he played at Ohio State, I'm sorry, the Ohio State University, just because he played there, he's not going to be Corey Lindsley, you know, at least at first. So I'm encouraged by this guy. I just don't think that we should think he's a finished product right now. Well, I wonder what New Orleans will do in the first game. Do they overly blitz because, you know, it's his responsibility to make the calls and they're going to try and confuse him? But then you do have Aaron Rodgers, who's seen it all. And if you blitz and get it wrong, uh, you know, you're, it's a touchdown. So is that an area that you attack or is it or do you just you know, play coverage? I, I wonder what the Saints will will do. I get the sense that the Saints yeah. are an aggressive blitzing defense. Um, but I, I don't I guess I don't know much about the Saints to, to make to know for sure. Well, you obviously didn't know much about the Saints because you thought St. Brown was actually a Saint. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, no, yeah. it's uh, Equinemius Special Teams Brown, <laughs> who may or may not make the team, right? That's <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think the smart money is is on him not making the team. But we can talk about that in a bit here. Yep. The third the third round pick was Amari Rogers, uh, who's played extensively in the preseason, and he's going to make the team like the first three guys. And I... Um, it's it's early. It's early in this guy's development. He is not the player that he's going to be. Uh, he's not the second coming of Randall Cobb. He's a he's he's built a little bit differently. Um, I think it's it's going to be. I, I don't think he's going to come out of the shoot and and be a big difference maker. No. Uh, but I think I think he will grow into being a solid player for them. Uh, but as I as I watch him, um, I. I don't think his game right now is geared to the NFL. So uh, we'll see. I, I think it's a good draft choice. I think he's merited to make the team on potential. Uh, but I don't see him being someone who's, you know, going to contribute for them right away. We'll find out. You know, well, maybe they'll have special packages for him. I don't know. Yeah, I think he is a really intriguing player because um, I thought he, he had seven targets and caught six, um, had a couple in traffic that I thought he caught sure handily didn't sort of look at the safety he was about to hit him. And I thought that was, that was good. Can he be a, a slot receiver? That's a sure handed um, yeah, receiver that can, you know, make some things happen. Will Rogers trust Rogers, but uh, <laughs> let me ask you this and he will be on punt returns. So he's going to make contribution yeah. on punt returns, I, I think. But let me ask you, this is um, the Packers go to a three wide receiver set. Who is, who's the three? Uh, well, I would imagine, uh, I think Devontae Adams would be a part of that. Yeah. Okay. It, I'll give you that it, one. Yeah. It, it's kind of a feel. And I imagine it's going to be Lazard and MVS. Okay. So not Cobb. No, uh, I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, they're going to use Cobb. I think more as a specialty player, I think. Okay. Then what about, uh, so four wide receiver, you know, you got your yeah. trips left and, you know, someone on the right, uh, then that's Cobb, right? That's where Cobb comes in, I think. Yeah. So then I guess you only have, unless again, it's a specialty play of some sort. Um, you'd have to have a five receiver set to get a Rogers on the field, unless they're, as you said, you know, maybe they have a, a series of plays where Cobb and and Rogers are on the field. You really don't know how to play that because you could run, they could, you know, you could pass, um, gives you a lot of different, uh, options to look at. But, uh, you know, I'm really curious on Amari Rogers, but I th- I thought he was going to be the fourth receiver on a on a on a play like that uh, where you have the the three on the right and one on the left. Um, 
but now Cobb's here, so that that took that away. So I don't know if that just slows his development down, or is he past Cobb at some point? I mean, Cobb could certainly. He's older. He could get injured. Uh, I think Amari Rogers is a really interesting player to me. I, I have no clue how he's going to fit in. Well, he's he's not um, as I guess the term is <clears throat> nifty as I sort of thought uh, when I you know heard about him. He's he's bigger. He's thicker. Uh, and I think that's not a bad thing. They just have to use him differently than I imagined they were going to. Uh, again, I, I had in my head, you know, Randall Cobb, who's, again, he, you know, he's, he's not a small guy by any means, but he does have a little shake to him, or he used to at least when we when he was playing with the Packers. And he could, you know, he, he could do a lot of things with the ball in his hand. And I, I guess Amaya Rogers is supposed to be the guy, but he seems more like a, more like a power type player. Than it, a guy who's going to be, uh, you know, quick and shifty. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I did think yeah. he caught one sort of. It wasn't a screen. It was a. It was a short throw. He caught it and he sort of got to the first down marker pretty quickly. I thought his. He did have some burst. Uh, we'll see. I. I, yeah. I guess. Uh, you know. I just. I, could we have a three wide receiver set where it is uh, Devonte Cobb? And Amari Rogers, like, it's just like, it's more, it's third yeah, and six. Sure, sure. So, you know, you don't need your, you don't need MVS running third years down the field. Although they tend to do that in third and six a lot. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. They have a lot of options with him. But that's, that's the key is they have so many options and, you know, teams are going to wonder, man, they've got these two slot guys on the, what, what are they doing here? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think the personnel, uh, matchups could be real interesting given the array of guys they have and and the different things that the, the that these receivers can do and the different thing that, that the tight ends can can do at the same time right you know it's it i i don't know i i really feel weird because the 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 offense it was it was very good last year obviously i think it might even be better this year, but maybe that's just because I haven't, you know, seen them screw up in preseason and there hasn't been the injuries and stuff. Uh, for whatever reason, it's like, man, I, I'm, I can't see how they're going to stop this offense. Although, and this comes to the fourth round pick, uh, Royce Newman, who looks to be uh, a starter on the offensive line. And that, you know, with two rookies starting on the offensive line, you know, you know, maybe that's where this whole thing gets goofed up is you've, you've got a couple of young uh, players. I don't know what they do in practice, but they, I don't think they played a lot with, you know, the incumbents. I mean, no one's played with David Bakhtiari. Um, You know, you wonder about the offensive line. Can they, you know, be as exciting as I, as I hope and think uh, with, a rookie center and a rookie guard uh, starting out. I that that's going to be interesting for me to see. I mean, Royce Newman, what I've seen, uh, he's good against the run, adequate against the pass. Uh, fourth round pick. That doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing because David Bakhtiari was a fourth round pick. You know, maybe this guy, you know, is going to be terrific. But you just you just sort of wonder because if we're thinking about. Wow, you know the the running game is has got all these possibilities in the passing game. Well, all that goes to all that goes to shit if <laughs> if, right. if if you don't have an offensive line uh, that can give the quarterback a little time to pass. That can you know when there are stunts that they pick up the stunts that happen. A lot of that comes with just experience and seeing things. 
I don't know. Uh, but Rice Newman, he's obviously he's a keeper. He's going to be a starter for him. So of, of their first uh, four picks, it looks like three of them are going to be starters. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, good so far. Uh, let's keep going. Well, TJ uh, Slayton is the next guy. And he's a guy that I like right from the jump, not just because he's number 93 and he's a big man, like a former number 93 uh, for uh, for the Packers. Um, I like Slayton. Uh, he was out there, you know, chasing the quarterback down in this most recent game. Um, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but I think he's going to be a rotation guy. Uh, I think this is another, and from what I can tell, this is another, this is another good, good draft pick for them. He also seems like he has the ability, not just to be a run stopper, but he can you know, collapse the pocket and put a little pressure on the, on the quarterback. I, I'm really kind of excited to see him see what he could do next to Kenny Clark. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to take some time away from some of the other guys or if they'll drop, you know, Dean Lowry might start, but does TJ yeah. Slayton come in, you know, and rotate? Um, so. Will Lancaster get cut? Probably you know, in this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, he, it's hard to see how defensive line or offensive linemen, unless they really focus on it through the, through a replay, which they rarely do in preseason. But uh, I thought TJ Slayton, I've heard of him. So I'd watch what he would do. He got a sack, I think last, uh, last week. Um, he, he does jump off the page a little bit. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, that's another, now we're, now we're through five and we're feeling pretty good. Yeah. And well, the, the other fifth round pick they had was uh Shamir Jean Charles. <laughs> um, you know, he, he looks like he, to me, he looks like a fifth round, uh, draft choice. Uh, got a little possibility, made a couple of plays, but also, you know, a little, a little delinquent at times. I think he makes the team. He's going to play a lot of special teams. Uh, looks like there's possibility, but I'm not as optimistic about him. And why should I be? The guy's the, you know, the 178th, you know, pick in the draft. Uh, you're getting to the point where, you know, it, it gets a little bit questionable. Uh, but I, I, he doesn't look to me to be a bust. No, but he. Yeah, it's there's no way to know. The coaches gotta sort all that out. But he looked like four or five other guys that were out there that were around the receiver, had a hard time tackling. Um, yep. I don't know if he was the one who kind of olayed the quarterback as he ran in for a touchdown. No, that, that was, was. I think that I thought that was. I thought that was Ento that did that. I mean, that was um, yeah. But yeah, look, they were all kind that of was really, Well, but that's but that but that's right. Um, I I think though they give. Uh, uh, it, it is, it is Gene Charles. It, it's, it's not the French pronunciation of that. So, um, he, I think they give him more, um, chances and more latitude because he is a draft choice. Right. Um, but at, you know, at this point, I think he's a special teams player that they hope to develop. Uh, but I, I think there's potential there. I just, I'm not optimistic that he's going to become a, a core player, but you know, Hey, we've, we've seen that happen before the, the guy that picked off that pass in the end zone for, um, Buffalo, you know, I mean, we're wondering about Micah Hyde and Micah Hyde's turned out to be a, you know, a pro, a pro bowl player. Right. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Next pick was a um, guy from Wisconsin, uh, Cole Van Lannen. Uh, he played now. I, I made a point this week to find him because he's been invisible to me um, this this preseason and not just invisible in the games, but you don't even read about him much. No, you're right. Yeah. Every and, once in a while, though, like, you know, the guy from Wisconsin, I'm like, oh, that's right. But yeah, very little has been talked about him that I've seen. 
Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that um, he's not going to make the team because he has been invisible. He probably won't get offered by anybody else. Uh, he's from the state, so you know he'll probably you know sign a practice squad uh, contract. I'm a little biased because you know I watch all the Badger games, and you know we used to work down there, and I really you know want him to be good. Uh, but I, the little bit that I saw, he looked like just a guy, but. It's hard to know. He's the 214th pick, so maybe that's what you're getting at that point in the draft. And you put him in the practice squad, and maybe he he develops. So on the plus side, you haven't heard that he's terrible in practice. Right. Uh, right. Just just haven't heard that. You know, yeah, you know, he had an opportunity, and he's and he stuffed Kenny Clark. You know, well, no, right, we haven't right. heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly right. Um, then we get down to McDuffie, uh, the crime dog. Uh, <laughs> You know, now here's a guy who's the 220th pick, a sixth rounder, but I mean, dude's all over the field and, you know, ex- extremely, it seems to be extremely high energy. I believe he had nine tackles, nine and a half tackles in this game. Uh, maybe he had a hit on the quarterback. I mean, the guy just kind of pops off. Now, I mean, he's playing a position where you should be able to, to pop off, but he looks fast. Um, and, and that's another thing too. And I, I hesitate to make this kind of statement because it means nothing ultimately, but the look of the players, the athleticism of pretty much all their players, except, you know, maybe not TJ Slayton, but the rest of them, they're, you know, they look fast. They look athletic. They look, you know, really in great shape. And McDuffie's one of those guys that just sort of, you know, looks like Tarzan. I mean, and and at this point, he's not playing like Jane. So this is another guy that he'll he'll be a a lower in the rotation guy, I think. But I'm really intrigued to see him playing for real. Yeah, and he's got to contribute and special teams. Like this is where I don't know who's coming off the uh, the bench if someone gets hurt. Is it Ty Summers or is it McDuffie? You know, who's in the depth chart, but. You know, the Summers and McDuffie's have to be really good in special teams because our special teams has been so bad Boy, and, yeah. uh, and reducing returns. So hopefully that's where he can make his mark at this point. Yeah, I think Summers right now, and maybe because he's been around for a couple of years, I think he's tapped to be ahead in the rotation. And I remember, you know, not last year, but the year before, I think it was, where you know, Ty Summers was Mr. Summers, you know, I mean, when, mm-hmm. when it came to, to, to August, he was, he was quick, he was fast, he was all over the field. And then when he got a chance to play for real, he was just the guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe that's the case with McDuffie here. You know, they, I don't think teams game plan for the preseason, or at least not very much. And so what we actually wind up seeing when they play for real, um, I think, it, it's a whole different game, and that's why you see athletic ability, but I don't know how much that translates to game production, uh, especially for a young player. Right. I don't know. Buffalo might have game planned. It felt like Buffalo uh, wanted to make a statement uh, to beat the Packers, <laughs> it, I, which, yeah. you know, playing your starters to the half is what used to be normal. It felt abnormal as I was watching it uh, this time around to see. You're like, wow, you're, you're really going to play your starting quarterback a whole half. But that was like normal, like a couple of years ago only. Um, now it seems like what the Packers are doing are a lot, a lot more conservative. And I, I think probably smarter. I did see that the Baltimore Ravens have now eclipsed the Packers preseason consecutive win record with 20 in a row. But 
at the cost of losing the running back, they have J.K. Dobbins is out uh, for the season. It looks like so. Congratulations, Baltimore! You've won, you know, the preseason again. You've gotten some uh, one of your key people hurt. So I, I think what the Packers are doing is is smart. I thought, you know, what Buffalo is doing is it kind of looked weird to me. You know, um, one of the keen observers of the National Football League that I often turn to for insight and advice, of course, is my wife. And um, she she asked a, she asked a question uh, as I was preparing for this podcast. Well, you know, how do how do the Packers do yesterday? So, well, you know, they got they they got shut out nineteen nothing, and uh, but they looked a lot better than I would expect it because the other team played their starters and the Packers didn't. And she said, well. Why did they do that? And I said, well, you know, the philosophy, it's a philosophical issue that some teams think you got to play your guys so that they're not rusty and they get a chance to play together and they, they put value in that and they put more value in that than the risk of injury. Well, the Packers are the opposite. They don't want to risk the injury uh, because they don't think that you gain enough from playing your players compared to the risk. And I guess I really hadn't hadn't thought about it, but her question was a good one. You know, why why do some teams do that and other teams don't? And it just comes down to I think the it's coaching philosophy, or maybe it's a management philosophy from up top that you know, no, we're not going to risk these players that we put so much money into. Right. So, so the Packers, who's to say that's wrong? I mean, there's a lot of people on the Shanahan tree that do exactly what the Packers do now. And that's what 30 guys again, that didn't, you know, suit up to play in the game and the play. You talk about the high side of caution. I mean, wow. I mean, that's yeah. really the high side of caution. <laughs> so with 17 games though, that does it make even more sense to do that? Because now there are 17 real games, and you've got to have your guys. So the more rest you give and, the, and exposing them to the least injury possible, it probably means a slower start, but a fresher team during a long season. You think so? It's Their starters have played you know, with each other. I think they had an interview with um, uh, who's their starting safety, not Amos. Um, uh, oh, why cool. is it? You're talking about. Uh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say Darren Sharper, but you know what? <laughs> wow, that, that's really. That is yeah. not. Wasn't the guy. Lori Butler? Yeah, yeah it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Eugene Robinson? I don't even know. I can remember Eugene Robinson. You're, you're, you're yeah, on, uh, on your Darnell own. Savage is who. There I think. you go. Hey, DS. It wasn't Darren yes, Sharper. It was Darnell Savage. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, he said, "You know, we've been playing together now for for three years." And I thought, well, th- that's because you've been there three years. But that's kind of true. Like the defense has been more or less together for three years, and as I think that's when the Smith brothers came, and and uh, so a lot of the defense is going to be pretty kind of understand each other. They have a new defensive coordinator, but you know, at least the player wise, offensively. The players are going to be other than the couple of the line It's going to be the same. So I don't think, you know, them coming in, not having played in the preseason, they're going to be rusty. I mean, they're playing every day in practice. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's that's, not that's, like that's they're uh, stay home until a week before the game starts. I mean, that, so I am not expecting to see rust. And then that's the story of after losing to New Orleans, it's like, there you go. You should have played in the preseason. <laughs> I, I, I don't I just don't see that that happening. Well, for one thing is for sure that is not going to be an excuse that well you know they didn't play in the preseason well no that was a conscious choice not to play in the preseason uh, David Bakhtiari has a reason for not playing in the preseason but you know this was a coaching decision uh, that it's more important to keep our guys 
healthy and fresh than it is to expose them to a higher risk of injury until the games mean something. Right. And, you know, I mean, hey, this is a team, this is a coaching staff or a head coach, certainly, um, that has had two back-to-back 13-3 and NFC Championship game seasons. So I think we're to the point where questioning his methods, you know, is is probably um, not advisable based on the results that we've seen to this point. I agree. I agree. Well, there was one more draft choice, and that's uh, Kalen Hill. And we talked about him earlier in the podcast as he likes to tweet out two, five, six. <laughs> that was, in fact, where he was picked in the draft. Um, now, I think it was, again, James Lofton that made this point, or, or maybe it was Bob's son, Kevin, uh, that, that made the point that Keelan Hill was all SEC his junior year. Uh, SEC is, is you know probably, probably the best conference uh, in America for college football. I, I know, you know it's hard for me to say that being a Big Ten guy, but still, that's a great conference. And if you are all-conference in the SEC, you're pretty damn good. Yeah. And so going at 256, I can see why he's maybe a little bit insulted. And when you see him on the field, he does give you a lot, you know, of that Aaron Jones feel when you see him out there. You know, he's he's a I think he's a guy that's it's going to be a force in the passing game. I'm I'm excited about this guy. Yeah, I wonder if they'll spell Aaron Jones a bit to keep him healthy through the season. Um you know, so you can play Aaron Jones, you get a lead, and then and then Hill gets a lot of his time after that. I I wonder how durable AJ Dillon will be. I mean, he's just a big guy. Yeah, yeah um, a lot of hits though. Yeah, he yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, but it, he looks like a, a very good player. So from a draft perspective, um, you know, I it, usually it, it's hard to get excited about a draft because you don't you don't know. It takes you three right. years to really figure it out. But I thought this this one looks like it's having will have an impact and, and seems to be pretty positive in my mind. Yeah. You know, there are nine picks and of the nine picks, seven, I would say look like they're, they're going to be contributors this season. And the other two don't appear to be complete stiffs either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, as, as drafts go, um, I, again, there's reason to be encouraged, but like you said, you, you don't know three years from now, cause you know, you always see those articles. Yeah. Well, that leaves one player left from the right. 2021 draft. And they've had a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have. I think the, the draft with Josh Jackson is just like one of the worst. I think got Jair maybe then that draft, but then everyone else is gone yes. or something like that. It's yeah. it's uh, they've had some pretty bad drafts, which, um, it's pretty remarkable that team it still doesn't trade or 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 do much in in the free agency and yet you know they've had some bad drafts and yet they're still at the top of the league it just says a lot how much the quarterback really matters well ac i I think that's what it that's what it comes down to i i heard you know on the post game show uh last night the the one on the fan from milwaukee and i believe it was steve sparky pfeiffer uh who made the comment Um, You know, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. The season's over. And I, you know, probably that's true. But I don't know. I think the Super Bowl chances are probably out the window. But is the season over? I I think this could be a competitive team, uh, you know, if if they had to rely on 10 to be their quarterback. There seems to be enough other talent uh, that, you know, this team could be, you know, a nine and eight kind of team 
even with Rodgers hurt. I don't think that they're a playoff team or certainly not a, you know, a, a deep run in the playoff team, but I don't think all is lost. I, I don't, I don't get that, that sense the way I have in the past, you know, where if Rodgers or before him Favre got hurt, you can kind of write off the season. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's, it's, it's not a 13 and three it's, it's, can we get to 500 and sneak into the playoffs? It's, it's, it's possible. Um, it's certainly dial your expectations way, way back and, and, and have different goals, you know, if that's what happens. And, and I hope, you know, that the Packers offense, when we're talking about the weapons on running backs and tight ends and receivers and all your mismatches that you can create that Rogers is not sitting in the pocket for long periods of time. He's not running down the field, um, that he can stay healthy because he's, making decisions quickly, getting rid of the ball and, you know, moving the chains down the field. If that happens, there's a good chance Rogers stays healthy all year. So, um, I think we should take a break, but when we come back, I guess we probably could go through the schedule a little bit and, you know, do a little crystal ball, a little crystal balling, you might say, uh, that we could do, uh, after the break and get a sense for what we think, uh, you know, the record might be making a lot of assumptions because, you know there's going to be injuries, and you know there's going to be underperformance and surprises galore. That's why we watch. It's our. That's why it's our favorite fall TV show, uh, Green Bay Packers football. So we'll we'll come back uh, and talk about that. And also, also we'll set some betting lines. Even though the first game's a couple of weeks away, uh, I think we can go ahead and, and and set some betting lines. So you degenerate gamblers uh, who spent probably a lot of time in jail uh during the off season uh you can uh you know get ready and call your man and place your bets because uh, we'll do some of that when we come back and this will also give you a chance when, when we stop recording here for a second you can also hit pause and go over to paypal and uh, packers therapy uh, yahoo.com uh, chip off a couple bucks for chris and dave we would appreciate that as we head into the regular season for the 17th time on this uh, podcast and if you also want you can go to patreon you can figure out what that is you can drop me a note and so i understand what it is uh, but first of all give us some money there we would appreciate that as well all right more packers therapy with chris and dave coming up right after this Chris and Dave back with more Packers therapy, the back half third podcast, 17th season. And then we start doing it for real in a couple of weeks and coming out of the box for real. Uh, let's look at this, Dave, in terms of blocks of game. In fact, we could do it in blocks of three, or we could actually do it maybe month by month, even as I look at this here. All right. Maybe yeah, that's the way. Okay. And, and so the first uh, three games of the year will be the remaining games for September. Now, season starts on Sunday, uh, September the 12th, and we're doing this on uh, Sunday, August 29th. So I guess that would be two weeks from today. Um, 325 game Packers and Saints. They follow that up with um, their first Monday night game. They got like, the Lions in, at Lambeau. And then the third game is the 49ers. Uh, that is also an evening start. That one's though is a Sunday evening start. So you got the late game on Sunday afternoon uh, with the Saints. You got the Lions on uh, Sunday night or yes, on Monday night, and then you go back to Sunday night with the Niners. So a lot of primetime Packers there. What do you think for that uh, first uh, block of games? 
So I'm thinking it's uh, first two, I think, are wins. I think they're going to beat the Saints. Saints have new quarterback. Um, it's not I, Taysom Hill, too. Yeah. It's, yep. So um, a bit just closer than than we think. I'll be really curious to see our defense plays against mm-hmm. the Saints. But uh, it's it, they still had Drew Brees in his prime. That would just maybe a pick game for me. I think the Packers beat the Lions, beat the Saints. Uh, the 49ers, I don't have a good sense for. You know, two yeah. years ago, they were – this, All this world. Could, yeah. yeah, we could not handle them. Um, you know, now they will be at home. I must say that we we lose that we go two and one at this point that we lose to San Francisco until I see us beat them at strength. I'm going to I'm going to go with a loss at San Francisco. Yeah. You know, um, that makes sense to me. I, I I really don't know what to expect from either the Saints or the Niners. I know that the Saints have one hell of a running back that can tilt the field. Um, so regardless if it's, I, I believe it's, uh, it's, it's Winston's going to be their uh, quarterback. The last time I remember seeing him, he was exciting, dynamic, uh, which meant he threw a lot of touchdowns and interceptions. <laughs> so, right. you know, I, and within the confines of the saints offense, now maybe that'll be changed. I mean, maybe he won't be as error prone as he was. We really don't know what to expect there. Uh, the lions, I hate to say this because lions play well at Lambeau, <laughs> you know? And so uh, I could, I could see that kind of goofing up, but my God, it's the freaking lions. You got to win that one. Yeah. And, and the Niners is the same deal when you're playing you're it's like you're playing the saints down in the dome. And from what the sounds of the weather forecast is, you know, maybe they'll I'm hoping they'll be able to play that game with all the the weather that's coming their way with uh, the hurricane. Um, And they always play poorly in the dome anyway, it seems anyway. And then San Francisco, you know, I can't believe they were as bad as they were last year, but they had injuries to contend with. So that could be a tough game. Yeah, I I definitely seen two one in this, in this mix, but I would, I wouldn't actually be surprised to see one and two out of the gate because I just don't know what we're getting from, from our team or from the saints and the Niners. I, the lions or whatever. Okay. So are you, which one are you going with? I'm going to say two and one. Are you one and two? No, I'm, I'm going to go two and one just because I have a lot of rightly or wrongly, a lot of confidence in what this coaching staff does. Yeah. And not just because they all look so good in their form fitting shirts. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about like the coaching staff that walked out of the pages of GQ. I mean, holy cow. So whatever it is, they look good in jeans. They look good in their, you know, in their under armor gear. So they'll figure out a way. And so I'm going to say two and one, I'm just not sure how the two and one will be distributed. Okay. Fair so enough. in the month of October, uh, you know, I'm looking. This, this schedule is not is not a cakewalk. They got the Steelers on the third. That's at Lambeau. Uh, then they have to go to Cincinnati for the Bengals the following Sunday. That is their first noon start of the season. Right. And on October 10th, uh, home homecoming weekend at my alma mater, by the way. Uh, then it's uh, Packers and Bears. Another noon start. That one's going to be in the Windy City. And the Washington Football Team is on the the docket um, after that. And then yet another game four days later, this will be a Thursday, 720. So after three consecutive noon starts, uh, the Packers will go back to playing in the evening. So again, the October slate is as follows. Steelers, Bengals on the road, Bears on the road, 
uh, back to Lambeau against Washington, and then they go to the desert to play the Cardinals on a Thursday night. What do you see there? So this streak here is interesting. I actually don't see – I mean, I'm going to say four and one, but I I, I don't actually see – I think they can beat the Steelers at home. I think the Bengals and the Bears are, are, are beatable where we're at. So either the Cardinals or Washington, I mean, Washington has given us fits in Washington. Yep. yep. Just when every time we, you know, we're good, they're not, it's, uh, we seem to lose in Washington. I think that Super Bowl year we lost at yeah. Washington. Yeah. Um, at Arizona in, in the evening, maybe the heat's not as bad, but. Um, well, they're inside though, anyway, so. Oh, are, is that a dome now? I guess. I think I think it's one of those. Um, it might it might be convertible, uh, okay. but you remember they they this is the field, Dave, where they have the the field on a tray and it slides out so it can be in the sunlight and then it slides back in. Okay, um, it's uh, you, you're so much more into the, with the stadiums and the grass and all that stuff. <laughs> but I'm going to say four and one, thinking that there's a potential loss between the Steelers, Washington, and Cardinals. I think they only lose one of those games and win the other two. So I'm going to say four and one to this point. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that, um, largely because the Steelers are always tough. And I think having that Lambeau, though, is an advantage. It seems like they always play at Pittsburgh. But so this so this time getting them in Green Bay, I think, is, is going to be a good thing. Um, not really sure what to expect from the Bengals. I don't think they'll be world beaters. The Bears, hard to know if maybe Justin Fields will be playing by that time. Not really sure, but it's a noon start in October in Chicago. Um, I think that tilts in the Packers' favor, I think. Uh, Washington football team, again, I, I know they play the Packers tough, but it's at Lambeau. So I think that's in the Packers' favor, and the Cardinals. I mean, they've you know they've got a, a dynamic young quarterback, and they have a kind of a mad scientist uh, you know coach. So you know, I I would think that would be a win, but they're going to get tripped up along the way someplace. So I think you're right. I think there'll be four and one. I think the most likely suspects probably uh, the Steelers, the Steelers, and maybe Washington. Maybe the other one that maybe will be the result of the loss. But four and one seems, seems reasonable to me. I do not watch ESPN that often or go to the site and follow a whole lot of it. There's enough Packer specific podcasts and writers and things that I don't really need to do that. But I, I did see somebody, you know, post the question, you know, who can knock off Tampa Bay and somebody said the Washington football team. And I thought, really? But um, so I think there's something going on yeah. there that yeah. people are, are optimistic about. But, yeah, I think a noon game against assuming we are who we are and what we know, I, I think the Packers are, as you said, you know, are a good team. So I think they should be able to take the Reds, Redskins. Oh, forgive me. Uh, ah. the, the football team and, uh, and, and, and win that game. Now they they haven't decided yet on a name, right? I mean they're they're, they're still kicking around names uh, for. I, I don't think they're going to settle on the Washington football team, but uh, I, I know that they've been kicking around some other less offensive. Names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which wouldn't be a heavy lift to get less offensive. I, I <laughs> no. suppose so. Yeah. That is, <laughs> I, think I mean, I just I, got back from Cleveland and I saw oh, you know yeah. they changed it to the Guardians and yeah. Um, you know, no one seems to, no one wants to change their, their team name, right? It's, yeah. it's, uh, everyone's upset about that, but, uh, yeah, the red, the Indians is, at least, 
the Redskins really. Yeah, I mean that's about as bad as you get. Indians better. Uh, Braves, uh, Chiefs. You know, I mean they're a little unfortunate, but not problematic like Redskins. Yeah, but yet they fall into the problematic bucket. Right. I think that's fair. And speaking of Chiefs, uh, the Packers have the Kansas City football team on November seventh. Uh, at Kansas City, and for some reason, that's not like a featured Sunday, Monday night. It's it, it's a later game on a Sunday, 3:25. But still, that struck me as odd. Uh, then they they uh, they cleanse their palate with the Seahawks at Lambeau, another 3:25 start, followed by the Vikings <laughs> on the 21st, and then they close the month of November against the Rams. November looks like a really challenging month, uh, top to bottom for the Packers. What do you see there, Dave? Yeah. Is there, uh, where's our buy? Have we skipped the buy already? Um, we, yeah, we must've skipped the buy. Um, yeah, October to, no, I'm not seeing, uh, at least here, I guess, uh, Oh, after November 28th, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe between, actually between be the, good. I think that must be between the Rams and the, so the first week of uh, December must be the buy. People who are probably listening know more and know the answer. So I'm just going to say that and hope for the best. Um, I think, you know, at Kansas city, tough game for sure. Like that's That's, uh, going to be a really exciting game. You know, it's a game you could win even though you lose by, um, you know, it's a super bowl preview kind of a thing. Um, I think we have the Seahawks number at home. Uh, We play at Minnesota. We, we, we definitely have, but that's, that's a good team. And Russell Wilson, you've seen a lot of him, you know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I think we, we play playing the Rams at home. Um, I don't know what the Rams are going to be like. Uh, they could be a, you know, one of the top teams there too. I'm going to say they two. Got a, they got a new quarterback there, you know, yep. who you know. I should be better. And I, uh, I, for everything I've heard the, this, this offense, you know, suits him well. So we'll see. I'll say two and two. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm tempted to say three and one because I know these are good teams, but the Packers are a good team. We play two of these games at home, um, but I will uh, concede a couple losses here. I'll say two and two because that's that's four games in a row. Um, tough, tough teams. Yeah, and I'm I'm right with you at two and two. I'm not exactly positive. I'm 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 putting down the Chiefs as a loss. You do have a good point about. Uh, the Seahawks at Lambeau. Um, and now we're getting to the point that that's middle of November. The weather, you know, is going to be turning around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vikings. I mean, anytime you play the Vikings inside that damn dome, you yeah, know, I mean, right. uh, that could, you know, they, they might, they might beat the chiefs and Seahawks and lose to the Vikings because of the dynamic, you know, of playing inside the dome. Yeah. And then the Rams, you know, were a great team last year. The Packers did not get their best shot in the playoffs because Aaron Donald was limited in that game. Uh, they got, you know, new quarterback, a veteran quarterback there and the new system, you know, that's going to be a, a tough lift, but they got him at home. So even though that stretch is tough, I, th- I think two and two. And if they do go two and two in that stretch, I, I mark it down as a win. Definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and keeping out of uh, injuries two and two, let's, let's go with that. Um, still feel pretty good about the season at this point. Cause now we are, uh, eight and four, I guess eight, so, four. sounds about now that sounds like it'd be about right to, to me at this point. 
Because uh, yeah. then you're heading into your buy, which, you know, after 12 games, that's a great time for a buy, I think, because you're probably pretty exhausted uh, by that point. And you can recharge for the for the stretch run. And I hope there'll be a stretch run. They started out at home on the 12th of December against the Bears. Uh, and that's another evening, you know, start at the 720 Start and uh, the weather that time of the year. I mean, that that could that could be a real uh, could be a real factor. Right. Then they go, they go to Baltimore, uh, play the Ravens. Uh, they get the Browns at Lambeau on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, three uh, three thirty Christmas Day kickoff. So that's your December slate. Only three games, and two of those games will be at Lambeau. So it's Bears, Ravens on the road, Browns uh, at Lambeau. What do you got there, Dave? I think, yeah, the two home games, I think, are wins. Cleveland is very excited about their team as oh, yeah. just getting back from there. They feel like they are very, very talented. Uh, and they're not a, uh, you know, they're a cold weather team. I yep. think they can run the ball and, and could, I, I just think, you know, I'm going to put my bet on Rodgers um, in the cold weather. So I, I'm going to pick the Packers to win their two home games. I think the Ravens, I think a, a quarterback like Lamar Jackson gives them fits. You know, good coverage. Uh, linebackers can't stay with Jackson. I, I, I think that's a loss. So I'm going to say two and one in December. I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip that and go one and two uh, because I I like the Browns. I like what I saw last year. I think they're a team that's that's on the rise. Um, I think that's going to be tough. And I think playing Baltimore on the road, I think that one looks like it. It could be uh, it could be a loss to me. Bears, um, I, Packers should win. I mean, they're at home. Um, and I don't know what the bears will look like at that point, but I, I like to think that one is a win. I'm, I'm very concerned though. I think the AFC, uh, central is, is, you know, pretty good. And so I think that the, the Browns, you know, will be a factor and the Ravens. So mm, I'm, I'm going to go one and two in that stretch. All right. All right. Now we're then at we, 10 and five January. or you're uh, yep. nine and nine and six. So, yeah. Um, then we go two two games, regular season games, scheduled in January, and we're hoping there's going to be additional football after that. Uh, Vikings uh, at Lambeau on January 2nd, another evening game. Wow, another evening game. And then they finish up inside at Detroit. That's a noon start on January 9th, which... Isn't that Bart Starr's birthday, I think? Well, I guess he's not celebrating birthdays any longer. But anyway, I I think that's something like that. Anyway, so they have two games in January. Um, I'd like to think both of those are wins. I do, too. I'm going to say 2-0. That takes my record to 12-5. And and that's that's two more losses than the last couple of years. But this this schedule's tougher, though. Schedule's tougher. And like, uh, was it? Last year, the year before, you when they played the Chiefs, Mahomes was hurt, so yep. you know you got to win yep. there. Um, you know that could go the other way around too. Um, you've got uh, let's see, you've I got, got eleven seven and losses, six. Huh? No, I think I, I have eleven and six. I'm sorry, you're eleven and six, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, I, that will be that'll be a playoff team, right. uh, in my in my judgment. But I I think this might be a team that could be better than its record because the schedule is daunting. There are some advantageous parts of it in that they play some of these good teams, you know, at home, which is going to be an advantage, but still the caliber of opposition pretty is pretty stiff. I think 12 and five could win 
win a number one seed this year. You know, I mm-hmm. think you're contending yeah. with Tampa. Yep. Uh, I don't think Tampa's division is by any means a, a, a cakewalk for them. Um, you could get the number one seed at 12 and five, 11, and six. And I think you're, you know, you might have home, you could have a home game, but um, you might be a three seed or, or something. So um, I just, I see a lot of, the bottom teams like the bears, you know, are better. Um, you know, who is the really awful teams that are in the NFC? Um, yeah, I think the saints have dropped Seattle, I think is a following, uh, San Francisco should be better. The Rams should be good. Tampa should be good. Um, I don't know where Carolina sits. I think there's a lot of parody in the NFC. So that's why I think yeah. the 12 and five might actually get you a one or two seed this year. Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me. And I, what, what's so difficult, though, to judge is that a lot of teams aren't playing their guys. You don't know what is going to be happening. I hear some people, you know, optimistic about Dallas. And That's right. right. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, Mike McCarthy, until I become comfortable that, you know, his players are buying into him, and I don't think that they are. I'm, I, th- I think he's going to have an uphill struggle. And also that structure there with Jerry Jones is just not conducive. But, you know, there is talk that they've kind of remade that that team and they'll have their quarterback back. Um, you know, Dak will be back. So I don't know. Uh, it's 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 a crapshoot, but I see the Packers as a playoff team. Uh, I like their chances of working their way through. Um, you know, the playoffs and, and being a Super Bowl contender, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly optimistic, which means disaster is just around the corner. Yeah. You're usually, but you're usually one game behind me. Um, I was going to go back and find, I'm using the wrong notebook here of our betting lines and things that, that we have historically to see, what do we say last season? I think I was pretty optimistic last season. But I don't. Uh, I'll have to look and see if maybe I can find that for next week. But yeah, um, I, I think I was I was a, like eleven wins last I think so. year. Yeah, yeah, something like something. In, but there was it was really hard because there wasn't any you know anything to base that off of at all. Right. I certainly didn't see the MVP season for Rodgers. I thought he'd be better. I just didn't think he'd be that good. Speaking of. MVP seasons. So you ready to do the betting lines? Oh God. Yes. I was, ho- I thought you'd never ask. All right. I, uh, put the lines together and like you said, it kind of like picking the, uh, the record. It's hard yeah. to do betting lines because what's the stories I, I'm not following the saints yet really, uh, in detail. So kind of knowing what their, their big deal is, but, uh, I will go ahead and do them anyway. Um, Dave, Dave we choose to do these things, not because they are easy. That's but because right. they are hard. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. All right. Starting off, well, this one was easy since I do it usually every time uh, last year. <laughs> is the number one betting line is Aaron Rodgers quarterback rating? Yeah. God. I mean, this is I. Um, you know, they'll they'll have everybody healthy unless someone, you know, does something at practice that's not good. You got an offensive line, though, that got some question marks in there. They haven't played together. Um, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be crazy. I think it'll be over a hundred, but I'm going to go like 108. 108. Uh, you know, I'm going to take the over. I think he comes out and uh, really lights it up. I, I just, right. his, his whole off season vibe and uh, the guitar playing in Hawaii, all that. I, I We're going to see that come out with like 115 quarterback rating. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Do you like his mullet? 
by, by the way, you know, with the cap on and everything, I, it, that's the look he's sporting. I, I'm all, <laughs> I, I guess it's all fine for me. <laughs> you know, they, the only thing that that makes a mullet okay is wearing a hat. It looks horrible if you're hatless. Yeah. You got a hat on. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a. Uh, What's that? He's a complicated guy. He's a He's complicated. a complicated guy. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would mean, never say that in public, but uh, I think we can all agree he's a complicated guy. Yeah. Uh, number two, um, this is neat, may on the surface seem easy, but I it may be more difficult as we talk about it. But how many catches for Devonte Adams? Seeing that if they really diversify the offense. And you have so many different options, Cobb being in the mix on top of everything else. You know, will Adams get nine, ten catches like he might normally, or is is it gonna be kind of more like six to eight on a regular basis? You know, I'm torn the first game I my inclination would be, oh yeah, they're gonna try to get Devontae the ball right away. Actually, I think they're going to try to get Cobb the ball right away. I know? wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or at least Aaron is going to want to do that sort of thing. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm thinking Devontae is going to is going to get his catches. I don't know the cornerback situation. Um, what you know, matchups they'll be able to exploit in New Orleans. But I'm, I'm going to set the line at six and a half. Oh, I'll take the over there. All right, all right. I do think it'll be more than that. I, I think you're going to see. Uh, you know, the first drive for a touchdown, he'll get two or three. And then, you know, by the half, he'll have five. And I, I think he could, he'll at least get seven or higher. So I'm going to say, but I, you know, seven versus, you know, 11 or 12 that we've seen in some games, you know, that, yeah. that would mean, you know, Rogers is still really keying on Devonte. Does he trust MVS? Is Daguerre getting a catch or two? So I, all those things are going to be different this year. So, yeah. Uh, I, well, and also the running backs and the running know? game. I mean, yep. you know, because you're going to have, you know, Aaron Jones probably got to catch four passes out of, out of the backfield. And there's this, there's so many options. I know he's going to look to Devontae, uh, but there'll be so many other guys, especially when Cobb is on the field. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yep. number three, uh, given that the New Orleans has a new quarterback, will Green Bay get any interceptions and how many do you think they'll have? Well, my inclination, because of the nature of, you know, what I've seen with Winston in the past, uh, is that they will get um, interceptions. I have set a line here, though, right? In you terms do. Of how many? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to set it. I'm going to set it at one and a half. One and a half. All right. Yep. I'm going to say, uh, well, I'll take the under until I actually see it. I, I guess, you know, the we could have a good defensive game and not get interceptions. I'm still waiting for... Um, you know, the savages and uh, to make great the catches savages. on interception. The, the savage. Yeah, I wasn't calling us savages. <laughs> the Amos, no, the savages, know, the Kings. That's, that's actually the name that Washington's chosen for their football team. They thought that would be an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. The football players. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. Anymore. Oh, yeah, I th- I think I was correct in calling it the savages of the world. I meant Darnell Savage. You know what I meant. I know anyway, what you meant. I will take the under. I will okay. take the under. Okay, and okay. please don't tweet me. Uh, <laughs> my sense of nature. Yeah. Uh, number four. Who will be the leading tackler for Green Bay? Mm. Okay, that's I'm... super hard. Don't they? Middle linebacker isn't could. It might be Barnes. But don't they have uh, – that's one of the other yeah. free agents they got. You know, that's 
I don't know Joe Barry how he is going to be tilting and orienting this defense. I mean, we really can't go on anything we've seen in preseason. You know, he was on the staff in um, uh, Los Angeles, but he got Aaron Donald there, so that is that that's going to shift things around. I, I Chris Chris Barnes is always going to be around the ball regardless of the scheme, I think. And so he's right. he's safe. Do we need to set a number for him or no? Or just uh, who do you think it'll be? I I think it's got to be Chris Barnes. But um, the other thing that's a wild card coming in here, Zadarius Smith. There's some question whether or not he's going to be available for the first game. And if he's not available, you know that might uh, influence who winds up making plays. And so we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Cause I think in the past, uh, this, the Smiths have kind of pinched things to the inside, which means that the inside backers are going to get much, much more of a chance to clean up stuff. Um, but I will assume that Zadarius is going to play and that Chris Barnes will be the guy, you know, getting the benefit of that in the middle of the field. All right. I'm going to say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll say Barnes too. I, who is the other middle linebacker though? Well, it, that's open. That's open for question. I mean, there it's, we know it's, it's not going to be Martin. Uh, Cause you know, he was, right. he was let go. Uh, Ty Summers is, there's, you know, talking him being out, you know, on the field for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure who they're going to oh, line here. Up. So I, here's the, we were forgetting. This is the first thing I couldn't, I had to look it up. Uh, Devondre Campbell. Oh, that's right. Okay. No, so they have. Yeah. Yeah. And um, actually I'll switch mine to Campbell just, uh, just to be different. I don't, I don't think that is going to be the case, but I think, yeah, I mean, that would be the next likely choice, I think. Yeah. And the depth chart, you know, those are the starters. You got Burks and Summers behind them. And then you've got McDuffie, Wilburn, and Dejon Harris, who I don't know if these are. Uh, I love his mustard, though. <laughs> it is uh, very good. So I'll say Campbell just to who knows what that'll be. I was I was going to say Savage, actually, because Kamara, you know, tends to get into our backfield a lot. But uh, um, I'll, I'll say the middle linebacker. I'll just take the the other one. So, uh, you're, so you're saying that the situation uh, with Campbell's kind of soupy right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That he took that too far. Okay, okay. sorry, sorry. We can, hey, we no. maybe, maybe we'll come back to that one. Sure. Uh, and now but, I'm the bad guy now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> fine. Fine. Uh, number five. Uh, will Kylan Hill and Amari Rogers uh, touch the ball, and how many times will they? So give me the line. The number of touches by Kylan Hill and Amari Rogers combined. Oh, now that's a good. Now I I think we're going to see Hill like you know he'll get like three carries or something like that. Um, and probably, um, it will be more situation specific and the same thing for Rogers. I, I think he's going to be out there, but he's going to be that, you know, guy, the motion jet motion guy. I think he'll be doing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So I could see him, you know, getting a couple of touches. So if we get five, I am going to set that line uh, touches for those two guys at four and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. I think the Packers go conservative up front. Their opening game, I think they're going to a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of Devontae Adams. You know, I think you're going to kind of stick where you're tried and true. I don't. I would be surprised that you see those guys out there on the first game. So I, I'm going to say the under. 
I kind of hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see so much variety and so much confusion for a defense um, that you could see Hill and Rogers get five touches or more. But um, I, I just have a feeling it's going to be the under. Yeah, I, I get it's 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 tough. Neither one's going to be featured. And by the way, if either one is featured, there's a problem because somebody's hurt. I suppose uh, it featured. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, I could, you know, I could see the jet sweep once, you know, for Rogers and then they hit him a little hitch and then you get, a, you know, a couple of carries and a pass for for Hill, something like that. Yeah. Uh, number six, total yards for Alvin Kamara. I think the last time we played him, he had what do you have, like five touchdowns or something crazy like that. It was uh, yeah, and total yards, so receiving and running. Yeah, uh, boy, my the first number I flashed on my head was a disaster. It was 176, but uh, it can't be that high, can it? Um, I'm going to set that at combined running and receiving. 132. All right. I'll take the under because I think you can concentrate on, on him more with Winston as your, your quarterback. Although breeze at the end, breeze, he couldn't throw down field. You would have thought you, you could not have to rely on, on the passing game or defending the passing game either. But, uh, and Kamara just ran all over us if I remember it right. But I, I think we do a better job defenses completely healthy. Um, I'm going to say under for Kamara at 132. It's, you know, it'll be interesting to see because from what I understand, the Joe Barry's defense, you know, is, gives you a lot of yardage, a lot of short stuff. Um, but then, you know, later on, they, they, they get a little stiffer toward the, toward the goal line. I know that I do. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I would, I would, I would, um, I would think they're going to gain their yardage. And that's why I think, Kamara, you know, he, he could be over 130 and they could still lose. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, number seven, yes or no, will Rob Tunyon catch a touchdown? Big Bob. Um, boy, that seems to be all he does, right, is catch his touchdowns like Chris Carter. Right. That's what they always say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had 10 last year, so why So why? Why wouldn't he have a touchdown? I'll say yes. All right, I say yes as, as well. Uh, seven and a half. Will the special teams give up a return greater than 35 yards? Okay. I thought, I thought you were going to say greater, greater than like 13 yards. Okay. Now, so this mean, means kickoff returns too? Yeah. So we give up. So that will the Saints have a return punt or kickoff, punt or greater, kickoff return. greater than 35 yards? I'm going to say yes. All right. I'll say yes as well. Hope I'm wrong with that one. Me I could yeah. I couldn't think of a creative one. I was trying to think the saints, like, is there something hurricane related that we might like, uh, God, uh, uh, the forecast that looks I, terrible. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, kind of giving you that Katrina feel to it. And I hope, I hope they're better prepared now than they were in 2005. All right. I, I guess. So here's one. Uh, will Drew, will they show Drew Brees in attendance? Oh, uh, yes. Or no. Uh, why would he be in attendance? <laughs> Well, he's not going to play. Cause, you know, they show him in a box, you know, and uh, he comes, he came to the first game. If, I, if I'm him, I'm anywhere but, but at the stadium watching a football game. No. Yeah. Indoor. Yeah. I guess with the, with the hurricane on the horizon, maybe that's a bad one. I'll scratch that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'll just jump right to the tiebreaker then. Okay. I can't think of a good one. You're, you're, you're right. That's a uh, total points for green Bay. Hmm. 
Wait, just give me your, uh, your. You said total points for Green Bay, uh, not total points for both teams, but just Green Bay's. Just score. Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Score. Yeah, yep. okay. Oh, I really, I really have, feel good about this offense you're playing inside. Should be loud, though, because there's no constraints. Weather could be a factor, making it not uh, as loud. Boy, I, I, I really have high expectations for this offense. I'm going to say 32. 32. Ooh, I said 30. Uh, I'm surprised you're, you're over optimistic than I am. I said 30. I said 35 at first. I crossed it for 30. Um, but that's uh, your first week betting line. So now for people who have never done this before, which if you're listening to this, I, you, I don't know if we're getting new listeners, but we might. Um, there's an easy process on how you can play. What you do is you send an email to Mike Miller and I'll give you his email address uh, because we do, we like as, as, as we like to do, but go ahead and just go through one, you know, over two under, just list them all out. And Mike will set you up on some kind of a, I don't know, some kind of a program or app or something. So you can play the betting lines uh, for the future. I'm, I might be over promising that, but there's something that Mike uh, will do to help you in the future, but send your picks all your over and unders and your tiebreaker, yes sirs or no's, your leading tacklers to Mike Miller and his email address. They didn't win yet, Chris. We can't sing it. It oh, is mitnomiller at gmail.com. That's M I T N O M I L L E R <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting my voice in uh, top singing form. Because uh, I think we'll be doing a fair amount of that uh, this so. season. This season, I uh, and and this is probably the the death knell for the Packers season. Is that I'm feeling pretty good about about their chances. Uh, if if I had concerns going to this season, uh, it you know it would be around things like um, Zadarius Smith and his ability to play. Now they you know they do have is some depth with Rashawn Gary at outside linebacker, but I mm-hmm. think they do need Zadarius Smith. Um, he's a really critical piece of that defense and they're not as deep at outside linebacker. Um, so that's a concern coming in. Um, David Bakhtiari um, is a concern in that. How long are they going to wait uh, to activate him? Uh, I've, I've heard very few reports of the on-schedule. Oscar. I'm keeping that information locked down. My guess is we won't see him uh, probably. If I had to guess, it's kind of a Halloween kind of kind of situation where that might be the first realistic time that that we would be able to see him. I actually hope we don't see him sooner because I think the chances of re-injury or, or some other kind of setback are greater if if they're going to do that. Uh, but otherwise, it seems as though everyone is, you know, healthy and ready to go. I've got little concerns about the, you know, the inexperience on the offensive line. Uh, but the players they have, they've looked good enough where they can be credible, you know, blockers. Uh, there's there's not a lot right now that makes me think, oh, man, I don't know what they're going to do in that situation. It, every, everything seems to, sadly, you know, be be setting up perfectly for them. But they haven't played a game yet, and the injuries haven't begun, you know, to hit. So that's going to tilt the whole thing for me. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be a good season, too. I, um, I am nervous that you're optimistic, but uh, the coaching staff seems to uh, – 
know what they're doing. And I do notice that I saw this yesterday that um, LaFleur was talking to the special teams coach and I've seen him talk to Barry. Like they, they seem to be more connected on the sideline. I really like that. I felt that like there was LaFleur and he'd walk over here and Petten was like over there and maybe they talked on the headset, but it didn't feel like they were like, they kind of did their own things. And um, I just got the sense LaFleur didn't feel comfortable and I wouldn't either. I wouldn't want to go up to Petten and tell him to do something different. Um, so I hope this year they're all on the same page a bit more. This is LaFleur's, you know, all of his people that he's hired now. Um, so the coaching staff to players, I, I feel pretty good about this year. Yeah, I, I tell you what I don't feel great about. Um, three times during this last game, Packer players lost their helmets. Yeah. Now, I mean, do we have a, a size uh, issue here? Uh, you know, Pepper Burris or, you know, or wh- whoever. And, uh, it was um, who was who who their, their um, equipment person? Yeah, it, it's not. It, well, you know, anyway, anyway I, yeah, I, I, don't, I, know that man, don't, I can't remember who's yeah. starting for the pack. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know it used to be Dad Brasher in the old <laughs> days. Um, but, hey, come on. I mean, everyone's – who was it? It was Hill lost at one time. Love lost his helmet one, one, one time. Rogers, uh, so, Mari Rogers did twice, I think. Yeah, what the hell, man? This is, yeah. what, if you saw, though – Roger's hair, maybe it makes it hard to fit because it's, it's all kind of, you know, bunched up on top. So I don't know. You, yeah. you got to get that worked out. That was not mid season for him. No. And they were slipping around that field constantly too. I, yeah. I, if I had a negative, it was the equipment manager. I, I agree. I was going to mention that it felt like every, the developing of a good place seemed to be ruined by some slip. Um, I think it was a fourth down. It sort of started into a stumble or slipping on the field. I, so yeah, I don't. They must not have had the right shoes for turf, which is I, I think that would be pretty easy to figure out. Well, Lofton mentioned that too, and I thought and this is my naivete about about modern football in the NFL. Why wouldn't you, you know, get the you know the gnarliest, biggest cleats possible? I guess because you know you're more prone to tripping because it's longer, you know, cleats on the bottom of that. Um, I'm not sure why you wouldn't have the thing that would give you the best grip. But whatever it was, there was a lot of guys just losing their purchase out there. So they were yeah. maybe yeah. they don't want them planting and then the knee goes out. So just well, better that's, to slip that's, a good, that's a good point. That's we'll, a, that's we'll do point. longer cleats during the season. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I also wonder why they let Josh Allen's dad be the referee uh, during the game. That, that sort of bothered me when Brad Allen was, uh, in, was introduced as the, uh, as, as the head ref, the, the, the white hat. That was uh, curious. I thought that gave Josh Allen a distinct advantage. That usually, yeah, it's hard to be uh, biased when it's your son out there. The other I thought was curious is why is uh, Mason Crosby missing field goals and kicking punts? (laughs) What's going on there? Why is he kicking a punt? Well, um, was there a problem with JK? I've actually, I've actually heard two things. Uh, One was, was during the game, and again, this may have been Lofton, who had a who had a Hall of Fame performance, I thought, in the booth this time around, um, saying that you know you want to practice every eventuality that may come up during the regular season, and Crosby may have to punt if you know something happens, because we've hey we've seen J.K. 
try to tackle people, right? It's not pretty. <laughs> no, right. You know, and he was out there too, wearing Bermuda shorts. Uh, you know, he's he's got he's got the pants, you know, above the knee. That's just not an NFL look, J.K. <laughs> so any, anyway, you know, and then on the sideline, he looks like some kind of skater kid on the sidelines. He does, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, may, now maybe that you know is a factor. The other thing that I've heard is that he may have you know tweaked himself. Um, on one of his tweaked himself. Well, well oh. that's not that's not the kind of thing they like on the sidelines. Uh, but you know, <laughs> knock it off, no, Jake. You know, okay, yeah, come on. Well, you know, he he is what 15 years old, and so that's kind of what you probably would expect. Uh, but on the the 55 yard kick that he had, it, I was I was looking at it again, and it you know he has that high <clears throat> extension, and I think maybe he might have you know, hurt himself in a minor way. Either way, uh, it probably isn't a bad thing to let, you know, two have a chance to punt every once in a while because you don't know. In the same way that it's not a bad idea to let J.K. kick a couple field goals because, you know, Crosby likes to mix it up and he's going to hurt himself. He's 37 years old. He's got a head of gray hair. Um, you know, he's, he's vulnerable as well. So th- it, they may have just been messing around. The other thing that would concern me on the special teams, besides the fact that, you know, J.K. is inconsistent, there's a little long snapper, uh, you know, Hunter Bradley, um, inconsistent, too. I mean, he's that's that's troubling. And it's never a problem until it's a problem. And when you you know, you're punting from your own end zone and you get that punt at the feet of the punter. And that happened in in preseason or over his head or, or something like that. And it turns the momentum of the game and costs you points. And that, you know, and also Mason missed a short field goal in this this, this practice game. And I saw the three of them talking and I I couldn't see anything. You know, the operation looked looked clean to me. Uh, The snap was good. The the hole looked fine. I just couldn't figure out what the hell happened that it got so goofed up. But, you know, all right. So he misses a 28-yard field goal and it was it was it was wrong off his foot so maybe they haven't you know had enough real game practice at this point but whatever it is you hate i mean you're you're counting on three points there and it doesn't matter in this game but it's gonna matter in a couple weeks yeah i that as much as that was ridiculous i i'm not worried about mason crosby at this point but um no special teams has been an adventure year in and year out so it Let's hope it doesn't become a, a, a big time problem. Punting, kick, kickoffs, return game, all of that. Let's let's hope they kind of pull it together once the starters come onto the field and the lights go on. So there there is a couple of news items that we need to uh, that we need to hit on. One of it, we lost our man in Paris, and no, uh, Ichuk was not the subject of some sort of hostage situation. We haven't lost him that way. Uh, he has left Paris. And he's now our man in Bethesda, which is even better because I, I think the NSA is around there. And anybody that invents the iPhone probably knows all about tech stuff and can probably be a great asset to us in his new posting uh, in Bethesda. So welcome home, iChuck. Uh, secondly, I don't know if you saw your email uh, this morning, but uh, Dr. Klaus in touch with us uh, from Norway. Um, I did. Yeah, and he's looks like they're they're moving that uh, labor ward uh, in the hospital, uh, you know. And you talk about you know precision and teamwork and making sure everything works out just right. I got to say, everything has to work 100%. Klaus says, 
the very first time you're using that room. And we, we, we talk about NFL football and, uh, you know, preparation and everything's got to be perfect. Hey, in his line of work, when you're delivering children, bring him into the world, that has got to work out of the box the very first minute he moved in, and that's exactly right. So Godspeed, uh, Klaus, uh, in making sure that is uh, online. I would think that uh, the women in Norway are probably also hoping that it works just perfectly the very first time uh, that it's got to be deployed. So best of luck. He also mentioned, and I don't know if you saw uh, Mayor of uh, Easttown. I did. Uh, yeah, I did, did you, as well. Uh, I did. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was yeah. it was it was it was terrific, and uh, Klaus said he enjoyed that as 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 well. Uh, you know, so in, in that's that a type one pop of a culture. show, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it like do you remember we watched The Killing way back when? I think oh, yeah. that was, and uh, I think yep. uh, Klaus had seen that. There's a uh, European version. I don't right. know if it's Norwegian, but um, there, Danish. Like, yeah, wait a minute, it's Danish. Uh, it was uh, that kind of show, right? It's a it's a slow character building mystery, murder mystery of what's yep. happening. I really I like every third show. I should find one like that, and because I, if anyone has any recommendations like uh, Mayor of Easttown, please send it because uh, I, I did I enjoyed that one a lot. I, w- I was impressed uh, with Kate Winslet as well yeah. that, you know, she allowed herself to look, you know, very plain. She, she didn't play the whole actress thing. Uh, you know, she had a terrific, you know, American accent. I, I thought the whole thing was really well done. It's what you expect, you know, from from HBO. And they and they delivered well on that one. A very uh, engaging uh, series that I watched over the summer. So well done, HBO. Um the other thing um, that I'm watching right now, uh, which I thought um, maybe not for everyone, but um, it's on Hulu. It's called Staged. I've only watched four uh, episodes so far. There are 14, but they're like 15 or 20 minutes each, so they're not terribly long. Uh, but for those who are fans of David Tennant, and you may have known him as uh, he played Kilgore in uh, the Jennifer Jones um, a series. Uh, you may also know him from some British uh, shows. David Tennant, he's Scottish, and also Michael Sheen, uh, who is uh, a Welsh actor uh, of some note. I've been in a lot of things along the, the way. They did a, a quarantine slash lockdown bit that's done entirely uh, through Zoom, and they play themselves, and you know they're trying to find a a project, uh, you know, that they can that they can work, that they have their craft during uh, the time of of isolation, and of course they're actors, and so how do we do this? And it's a comedy um, that is, you know, kind of a showbiz type comedy. I think we've seen some of these things where, where people play themselves or or reasonable facsimiles of themselves. And if you like these two actors, they were they start together in Good Omens. Uh, a year or two ago, um, that was wonderfully done. That's a Neil Gaiman uh, thing, a Terry mm-hmm. Pratchett, I, th- I think. Thing. Uh, it's the same two actors from there. So I would uh, uh, strongly recommend this if you, you know, like short form, especially British type uh, comedy, uh, done through the lens of um, of quarantine. Uh, 14 episodes. It's on Hulu. Uh, recommends staged. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was a good. It was a good time. So my pop culture this week. I have one 
that I, I have to mention, but I, I'm not recommending it because it's hard to recommend. It's it's really um, uh, vulgar is not the right word for yeah. it. C- crass or, or well, the first season I thought was just brilliant. So it's Dave on Hulu. It's about uh, uh, it's sort of an, a it's biographical. <laughs> it is, so it's not about me actually because it wouldn't. I said it was crass, and I wouldn't have a biography about me. It wouldn't be crass. Sure. Um, Except for maybe this podcast, uh, but Dave, I think Dave Bird is his. I think that's his name in real life, and uh, but he goes by the rap name of Little Dicky. And the reason <laughs> okay. I started watching it is we have a friend in the in the in my business who we met looks just like Little Dicky, and so for a long time we called him LD, and I didn't even know his real name. Like I got to know him well over the years, and we, his name was LD to me, and I didn't. I, I kept forgetting his real name. But then, so Dave uh, is a is about a Jewish rapper uh, who is a, a real rapper. I mean, he actually has albums. I mean, this is not this is actually a famous rapper. Uh, I think he intentionally does not take himself seriously, but um, but I think he he kind of does. Like it's it, it, it's there's kind of this in between. Um, but he has this. It's a half hour. Com- I would say it's a comedy on Hulu. And the first season I really enjoyed. It kind of really gets into the what it's like to try to break into the rap scene and you know what it's like with social media and like all these other rappers that are doing stuff in LA that I've never heard of. Um, but then the second season kind of probably because of the success of the first season, it takes everything one step further in, um, in almost every way that you can think of. <laughs> and, and there's some episodes which uh, I, I can't, I wouldn't even want to describe them. Um, <laughs> but it's I actually, I, I, there's something about that. I really enjoy It's It's a, it's a peek into a world that I don't understand. You know, it's like us, the celebrity of LA now, but it's not like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio fame. It would be sort of the, where you show up at a party and one of the Lakers might be there, but it's, it's not uh, LeBron James. It's like the guy that comes in off the bench, but it's, you know, it's, but he's still a Laker. Yeah. He's a Laker. Right. Yeah. And, and then there's like a lot of these rappers that um, people would know and uh, I would not, but I, I just finished it uh, last night and I, 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 for some reason, I, even though it is so contrary to everything about me, it's like, I really enjoy that show. Um, the other one I think is, uh, is more interesting that you might like. It's a movie starring Nicolas Cage called pig. Have you heard of this movie yes, at all? Yes, I have, yeah. Uh, have you seen it? No, I have okay. not. I watched it, and uh, very slow. Um, I thought it was someone had said it'd be like a John Wick equivalent because someone stole his pig, and he's yeah. going out to get his pig back. Yeah. But uh, it's not uh, what you'd expect. It, it's uh, it's a slow, but I, it was an enjoyable movie for me. I, I like Nicolas Cage. Me too. Um, and uh, so I, it was, uh, and I think it's been critically received well. Yes. Um, if you want a Friday night rock'em sock'em movie, this is not what that would be. But if you like to uh, <laughs> sort of slow it down and and uh, get ready to sink into a, a good story, I watched Pig, and uh, that was very good. Yeah. So, so what was Dave on again? Uh, what was Hulu? The, that's on on Hulu as well. All right. So uh, Dave and Pig, which 
you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I've said that in my life, but yeah. I set myself up great for that. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Bang. You know, (laughs) but thanks for making it easy for me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate that, sir. (laughs) So that's your pop culture recommendations. You've got your betting lines. Uh, You've got where you can go to give us money. You've got our review of what, uh, you know, the, the draft looked like, uh, who, who, who we think is going to make this team. Uh, we've gone through the schedule. What more can we give you? It's going to take you two weeks to digest this thing. It really is. That's, that's when we're going to be back uh, following the uh, Packers game against the Saints. Uh, although I, since, since we're doing the podcast, I just received the note that, the, that Ida has come ashore in Louisiana, uh, I guess the strongest hurricane since Katrina. Uh, so hopefully that will not cause the same kind of damage and the, everyone will be okay down there and the Packers will be playing the Saints in a couple of weeks. Um, should that happen, as expected, uh, Dave and I will be back to talk about it. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.